0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Well, Pastor Paul and Emily have been preaching the gospel for over 30 years. He's got a powerful word for us. They were missionaries, as I mentioned, uh, for those that weren't here Friday night, to Kenya all of our works that we have in Kenya started out of that church plant in 2005. And uh, that's that helped us to be able to do something in Tanzania as well when Pastor Dylan and Ashley went. And so now they're just right there working together. And so it's a tremendous blessing to have him here. We're so thankful for Uh, their leadership and their ministry and i know he's got a great word for you this morning amen get your bibles out get your notebooks out and let's receive from the lord let's give pastor paul a big welcome from texas this morning as he comes let him know that you love him and appreciate him amen
1: praise god you're a good church Wayne, did you talk to your dad? Did he get healed? No, not, yet. not yet. We're going to keep praying for him. Amen. Amen. Believe God for a miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to say thank you again to Pastor Blake and Carla and to you, all of you, for this warm welcome, the invitation and the privilege of being able to minister here and uh, what a great worship service what a great church you are amen we look forward to seeing you in the conference in Colorado it's going to be it's going to be a tremendous time together would you when you pray pray that God would just open doors for our pastors that are overseas to be able to come Uh, some of them and of course everybody that's coming into the U.S. has to be vaccinated to get into the country if they're coming from other places and so Uh, we'd like that to be lifted so that they don't have to be vaccinated. They can just come, and so just remember to pray for them if you would, especially those coming from Czech Republic, Slovakia. Uh, Some of them have already been vaccinated because they had to to even come last time, Pastor Zafari and Susan, uh, and now they're facing difficulties with their visas for some reason. They've been coming all these years, and and this year, you know, they want to... Tighten the screws on them a little bit. Uh, I just I don't get it, you know. I don't get our government. I'm not here to make a speech or anything on that. But uh, sometimes things just don't make sense to me, right? I'm not a genius on things, but I sometimes I look at them like, where do they come up with these things? I don't know. But uh, I also want to say uh, how much I really appreciate Pastor Dylan and Ashley. You know the the work that is there in Tanzania, it, that is not a small task. And to, to uproot yourself from a job and from all the things that you have here, you have a house, and to sell all of those things and pick yourself up and move and then have children in Tanzania and in Kenya, to do all of that, just think about this for a moment. If you if it was if you were in their shoes, and you sell everything and you go someplace for Ashley, she'd never lived there before. Of course, Pastor Dylan had, but it's it's a it's a big deal. And to start from scratch, not take a work, but to start from scratch and to build a work, knowing that the clock is ticking on leaving, and it's going to be time to move back because we don't send our workers overseas for for a permanent stay we want them to disciple and raise up somebody that can carry on that work that's the goal and it's a and it's a it's a good goal and it works and so i'm i'm really impressed with what they've left behind and it was sooner than we had expected but imagine that imagine this that god had in that time god was able to use them to raise up a couple a very good couple to carry on the work and there there's fruit there today and we don't we don't even know what the end result will be in all of that we don't we have no idea what god's going to do in the long term god could it it could it could blow up but it doesn't happen without somebody who's willing to put themselves in a place like that where god can use them and so i really appreciate you guys you guys have done a fantastic work there it's to your credit and it's also to the credit of this congregation, and you've, for those that have been around for a little bit, watched this couple come in and give their lives to the Lord and got saved in this church, and then just all that God's doing, it's a miracle. You guys are real blessing, our, Emily and I, and our fellowship appreciates you guys for all that you guys have done. Amen. Pastor Blake mentioned the seed, and I want to minister this morning on growing in God, and there's something about the seed of the gospel. The gospel is a seed, right? It, that's how it works. And the seed is planted, and I've had people that have, that have said, you know, well, you, you plant the seed, and we'll reap. We'll bring them in. You, you know, we'll, we'll disciple them. I had a guy when we were pastoring in northern Colorado. We, you know, we did just like we do here. We were very evangelistic. In our efforts and our outreaches, and a guy came from another church to our church and told us, he said, "You guys, you guys be the evangelistic ones, and we'll disciple them." Had a, a lot of nerve, huh, to say that? And I don't believe I believe it's it's God's will for us to not only sow the seed, but also to disciple workers and to plant churches. That's what God has called us to: to reach, teach, and descend. And there, that only happens if, first of all, the seed is planted, right? The seed needs to be planted. It has to go into the ground. Then it has to be cultivated. It has to be worked on. I'm telling you, it's a, it is a process. If you think about planting a church where you are going to, you're going to extend the kingdom of God and you're going to, to see somebody come to know the Lord without, without just attracting people, from other places. It's not an easy task. We are we we don't have any problem with people that come and visit from other places. We welcome people, but the heart of the gospel is to see the lost come to salvation, right? That's what I mean what the the goal is is for us to see lives changed and transformed. To go into all the world and preach the gospel to see those that that are that don't know the Lord, that aren't that haven't received salvation come to know the Lord. And I've seen churches before that we have one in uh, Colorado Springs. It was an instant church. I was so surprised here. We've been there. um, We've been there for 40 plus years, 40, I don't know, 44 years this year, I think it is. And and uh, I mean, we've had, we've seen the ebb and flow of ministry, the growth, and then the the attrition, and then the growth, and then people come and go, and that's the way churches work, but to see a church that starts out with a thousand people within the first week, I know they didn't get all those people saved out of that ministry, right? But God has called us to go out to the lost, to the hurting and the broken. I remember when we went to Greeley, Colorado is where we were pastoring, it's a, it's a, there's a slaughterhouse in Greeley in northern Colorado. I don't know if anybody's lived near a slaughterhouse before, but it has a unique smell. It smells kind of different, and you can smell it miles away. Before you ever get in town, you can smell the slaughterhouse. That and sugar beets. Anybody ever live near where they're growing sugar beets and processing them? It has a unique smell, too, and and uh it wasn't the, it, you know, you get used to it. The smell finally goes, it eventually goes away, right? And you get used to it. But I remember looking at people. I'd see somebody, maybe a server in a restaurant. I'd see somebody walking down the street, and I'd say, that Hey, look, Emily, that person could be in our church. They could go to our church. I bet that, per, that guy right there, he could be an usher in our church. She could be, in the, she could be leading the nursery, they were always good-looking people when I, when I would point them out, you know. But as we got started, I started to change. I'd see people that were homeless. I'd say, Emily, look at that. that they could be in our church. And God's, you know what God sends us to? He sends us to the, to the broken. It, he sends us to all people to preach the gospel to all people. But the, the key is in, in seeing a church grow is that the seed needs to be planted. And then we ourselves need to be growing, don't we? We need to be growing in God. We're commissioned to go and preach the gospel and make disciples. And, you know, God doesn't give this commission to just one group of people and to another person, another group. It's different. No, it's the same across the board. Go and preach the gospel. People are people wherever you go. People are hurting no matter what country you go in. I, I, we've, we pastored in, in Kenya, and I've preached in lots of different places. You know what I see? People are people everywhere. People just need the gospel. People, everybody's going through something. Everybody's facing a crisis. It might be relative economics and different things that people are used to, but people are in need of the gospel, and our objective is to preach the gospel, and the only way we do that is by growing. We do life with other people. You can't even live the New Testament without having one another's around you. It says constantly, Paul is, is telling the churches, pray for one another. Encourage one another. Bear one another's burdens. This gospel, this, this Christian life is not meant for us to be lived in isolation, but we're to be growing together. And sometimes there's growing pains. Sometimes it's 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 difficult, and we don't want to we don't want to have to relate and interact with each other. But God has called us to do life and this Christian life together. And the world we live in, what it does is it it's it's on the opposite side. It encourages selfishness. People distance themselves. They're so engrossed in social media and, and, and they don't have the same types of relationships as maybe they used to in the past. And it's easier today than ever before to be isolated from other people. Jesus, he said in John 13, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Everybody say, love one another. I might know that takes some growth in our lives. That takes some growing in God. Because some people, you, they're easy to love and others are not so easy. Isn't that right? Some people, you, you love them from afar, from a distance. Right? They, they're like a porcupine. They're, they got a lot of good points, but they're hard to get close to. Right? Henry Ford said, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress, and working together is a success. How many people want success? I know I do. And working together also means partnering together with God. You know, I see in some places, some places it's easy easy to sow seed and see it grow. It it, it does seem like in, in... under, underdeveloped countries third world countries it's the, the it seems like it's easier to start a church than it is here in the United States if you go in some places and you try and and start a church it's like scratching in the ground you know and, and plant seeds man it's tough it's di- very very difficult in Kenya they have what's called red soil and I don't know how it is here. I seen some when we were driving on the way down here. But in red soil, you, I mean, you can put anything in the ground and it seems like it grows. They're growing stuff everywhere over in, in Kenya and Tanzania. It's a—it's a I mean, it's amazing to me how it works. And you put seed down into the ground and it's, man, it's just, it just comes up and all over the place it's growing. But in some places it's very, very challenging I tried to I I'm not I I don't have the best success when it comes to a garden. I like the idea of it. Anybody else like the idea of of starting a garden? It but having a you know having that actually work is a whole different thing. We went up to Greeley. I thought, "Man, I'm going to grow me some tomatoes. I'm going to you know, they sell these packets at the at the grocery store. They got all these different things. I'm going to start me a garden." So I blocked me out an area. I planted all this stuff out there and And next thing you know, stuff started coming up out of the ground. I didn't know which was weeds and which was plants. Some of it grew faster than others, and it was usually the weeds growing faster than the plants. But I got me those tomato plants, and I thought, man, pretty soon, Emily, we're going to have us some tomatoes. We're not even going to have to go grocery shopping. We're going to have tomatoes. There's just going to be a whole bunch of them. And somebody told me, they said, have you checked for tomato worms? I said, tomato worms? What's a tomato worm? They said, come on out here, let me show you. And they looked at my plants. And sure enough, man, those things were eaten. I had, I had these great big fat juicy worms that you can't eat, eating my plants. How many have ever seen one of those things? Ugly, hideous things. I, you know what I finally said? We're going to Walmart. <laughs> I ain't got time for this. I can't figure this out. Hey, some people, you make it look easy. More power to you. Pastor Marshall is, is one of those, and uh, there are plenty of people that have that gift. I don't think I have it. I just like the idea. Pastor Bland was trying to talk me into getting a cow and milking a cow. He had this milk. Let me tell you, if you've, I'm just going to break away for one second. If you've ever had cow milk, I mean, not from the grocery store, but straight from the cow, it's pretty good stuff. Does anybody else like it? It's I mean, he didn't even, he didn't do anything to it. He just filtered it, strained it, and put it in a jar. We had it the next morning. It was the best thing ever. And next thing you know, you know what Emily told me? She says, right now I'm thinking about just quitting everything and getting a cow. You know how much work that is? It's it's a lot of work. It's a commitment. I didn't think it would be as difficult with all that, but. Let me tell you, if there's, if there's anything good that's going to come out of our lives, it's going to take cultivation. It's going to take some work. It will take some sacrifice. It, it is not automatic. Is it, is, it, is it easy to serve the Lord? Yeah, it's easy. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a joy to serve the Lord. But let me tell you, there will be some sacrifices that we have to make. There will be some commitments that we, there is a commitment and there, there is a, a, there is an exchange at the cross when we, when Jesus, he takes the burden from our lives. You know, we take that burden of sin. There's a great exchange there. He takes a, he takes the, the load of sin from our lives and he said, you know what he says? He says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. We exchange one burden for another burden, right? Take my yoke upon you. My burden, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to look over at a very simple story and illustration that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 13. And I'm not going to, today, I'm not preaching anything that you may have never heard before. I'm not preaching something to you that, that is some new revelation. Sometimes we need to hear it again and again. It needs to get down in our spirit. Sometimes we need to revisit some things and understand them. I, you know, I, I see so, so many preachers. I don't listen to a lot of, of preachers out there that are that are doing their thing, but it seems like so many people want to they want to come up with this latest, greatest revelation when we need to get back to basics. Just, just do the basics. You want to make heaven your home? Stick to the basics. Serve God. Live right. Don't don't look for whatever, you know, the latest revelation there is out there. Uh, You know, I think about Dave Ramsey. I listen to Dave Ramsey. He says the same thing again and again. I mean, I've been listening to him for years. I can turn the radio on. I feel like I'm listening to something he said five years ago. But it works, doesn't it? So Matthew chapter 13, let's look at it here. It says, The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake, such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people... "'Stood on the shore. "'Then he told them many things in parables, "'saying a farmer went out to sow his seed. "'As he was scattering the seed, "'some fell along the path, "'and the birds came and ate it up. "'Some fell on rocky places "'where it didn't have much soil, "'and it sprang up quickly "'because the soil was shallow. "'But when the sun came up, "'the plants were scorched, "'and they withered because they had no root.' Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times that was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding, ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are you, for, blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but didn't see it. And to hear what you hear but didn't hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means that when anyone comes, let me back up here, so I'm getting lost. Need some glasses. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that is sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray that you would just speak to our hearts today. Help us to understand, Lord. Help us to mature and grow as believers, God. For those that maybe have not received salvation, they don't know the gift of life that you have for them. Lord, I pray, open up their hearts, Lord. Let this seed fall in good soil today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the, the, this, this is a simple parable. It's a simple parable message today the seed is the word of God and if the word of God gets down into our spirit and gets down into our our soil God has with within that seed the ability to produce not just fruit in our own lives but a fruit that will go beyond our lives into somebody else's life there's a possibility there sometimes the soil we think is good is not good. It doesn't work that way. It's, you know this. To me, when I look at this parable, what I really see is a parable not just of the seed. The parable is the parable of the soil. It's a parable about the soil, and, it, and people come in from all different walks of life. Some people are ready receivers. They are they're they're uh, they're hungry. They've been broken, they've been beat up in life and they're, they're they're the soil of their heart is just so open. They just want they're just looking for an answer. And then there are those who are a bit calloused, and I think the soil can, can change over time. There may have been a time when we were receptive and we were open to whatever it was that God wanted to do. Maybe, maybe we were even open to being involved in ministry, but as time went by, the soil began to get a little bit hardened to where we no longer can hear the Word of God. And we hear, we hear sermon after sermon, but we still don't receive it the way we could if our heart was tender or open to the gospel. Or to what God wanted to say. You mean, we think sometimes that that spiritual growth is automatic. It is not automatic, it's a decision. I make up my mind. I'm going to take what is heard and I'm going to not just, I'm not going to be just a hearer, I'm going to be a doer. It's going to be applied in my life. I mean, I can get something out of a a sermon. I can get, sometimes I'll hear a sermon, I didn't get anything out of the message, but the Holy Ghost spoke to me in that place. And I respond to what it is that the Holy Ghost wants to do in my life. Too many times people throw out their seed and wonder why the seed doesn't grow and, and, and why nothing changes. It's interesting to me how... And I've, I've thought this over and over again, how we can hear, two people can hear the same message being the same service. They, they hear the same word, and, and one gets it and one doesn't. One receives it. One, say, one can walk out and say, man, that was, a, that was a great word, or God really met me in those altars, and someone else is just as clueless as can be. It's, a, it's, a, it's an issue. The issue there is the soil. I think what we need is we need to be broken up a little bit. We need to break up some things in our lives. We need to pray, God, search my heart. Lord, I pray that you would deal with my heart. I don't want to be hardened. I don't want to be a, a, a uh, tough nut to crack, as my granddad would say. I don't want to be that kind of a person. I want to be tender to the things of God, where God can speak to me, and he can correct me and direct me. And the, the real issue is the listening part because Jesus says it again and again he says they, they hear but they don't understand they don't understand what's being said and one of the key ingredients in christian growth is this issue right here is being a listener can do we listen some people they're good at they're good at talking they do all the talking they never do any listening ever met somebody like that there's an 80-year-old grandfather who went to his daughter's house for a sunday dinner When the meal was over, he said he was going to take a walk through the neighborhood. He said, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Two hours passed before he finally returned. He said, I'm sorry I'm late, but I stopped to talk to an old friend, and he just wouldn't stop listening. (laughs) Some people, they just won't stop listening, i tell you what. But Jesus gives four different responses to the Word of God here. The first is the hardened heart. Matthew 13 and verse 4, he says, As he's scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came, and they ate it up. It's almost like taking seed. Just throw it out there on the sidewalk somewhere, right on the, out in the pavement. It just doesn't find any, it doesn't find any root. That, some people, it seems like they're like that. I've talked to a lot of people. It was, it, they were hard-headed and hard-hearted. And it, it didn't seem like anything was happening. But let me tell you, don't underestimate the gospel don't underestimate the gospel i've seen things growing in places i mean i've got i've got right now in my driveway weeds that are trying to grow up through asphalt they're weeds i hate those things man i'm i'm on a mission this year i'm gonna try and get rid of them but what about something fruitful i've seen things growing out of a rock I've seen things growing in places where you thought there would be nothing growing. And there are people that you don't think that they're ever going to respond to the gospel. And you might be one of those people that's hard-hearted. God knows how to get our attention, doesn't he? He knows how to back us into a corner and bring us to a place of decision. And Jesus talks about the hard heart. And then he he jumped down in verse 19. It says, when anyone hears this message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that is sown along the path. In 2 Corinthians 4, I'll just read it for you. It's not on the screen, but... It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who who is the image of God. You know, sin has a way of hardening people's hearts. Sin has has that effect. And what is it that creates a hardened heart? I can tell you right now, one thing is pride creates a hardened heart. Another thing is procrastination. Oh, I'll, I'll respond later. And I've seen young people that have grown up in church whose hearts got hardened prog- and it just con- it progressed as time went by. The ones that, would, that were one day, maybe they were in a children's play or they were in Sunday school. But as they procrastinated making a decision, listen, you don't have to wait until you've been, been to hell and back in life to come to, come to Christ. Don't make, make decisions thinking, well, I'll just, one of these days I'm going to really get serious about God. No, oh, I'll just come to the Lord whenever I'm good and ready. No, you come when the Holy Spirit will draw you. He says, my spirit will not contend with man for long. It says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Remember that verse? call upon him while he is near it tells me that one day there may come a time when he is not near and you cannot hear his voice doesn't mean that he that he's ignored you but he we don't come whenever we want to come we come when he's when the holy spirit's drawing us when he's pulling us i think that's a an area where people procrastinate and they put off what they oughta, what they, the decisions they need to make today the second thing he, de- he deals with is a shallow heart. in Matthew 13, verse 5. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. There are some plants, that they, their roots go deep. They're not they they don't they're not affected by by the storms of life in the same way as as others and, and some of these trees, aspen trees and other trees that that have these this network of roots and it's a, I, have you ever seen a a tree that has fallen over and you can see the whole root system? And some of them are very shallow roots. That's what he's talking about. They, they, don't, they, they haven't gone down, and sometimes people respond to the Word of God. You know, it's exciting when we come to know the Lord and we make a decision, and some people give their life to the Lord with a lot of excitement. It's like fireworks have gone off, but there's a, there comes a time when we've got to make a decision that those roots aren't going to be spreading out, but we're going to go down deep. You don't, you don't, when the seed is planted, dig it up every other day to see if something happens. No, you keep watering it. You keep putting water on, you keep cultivating and fertilizing it and making sure that it has the nutrients because it's going to eventually, it's going to grow, it's going it's to produce something. Something's coming out of that. And sometimes it takes time, sometimes we don't see the results immediately. I would like instant results. If you want instant results, you just go to the grocery store and you, get, you pick it off the shelf, right? But if you, want to, if you want to see something that is fruitful out of your own life, you've got to make a, make a commitment. You've got to put some roots down and wait on God. Wait on God. Trust in God. God, I know you're working in this. I'm not going to question every, every time I, I, I see something that's not working out the way that I, that I thought it was going to work out. I'm not going to question you on that. I'm just going to simply trust you and know, God, you're at work in my life. God, I made, a, I made a commitment. I'm not going to be a shallow Christian that every time I get offended, I pick up my family and I move someplace else. Every time I get hurt or somebody, somebody offends me or, I've, or, or this new thing, I've heard about this thing over here. Well, can go check it out and see what's going on over there. Oh, I heard about what's happening. Somebody's preaching over here. Listen, n- later for that. Put down your roots and say, this is where I belong. God, this is where you're going to use my life. And I want you to know God will will transform you and he'll, he'll put destiny in your life. You'll see it come to pass. Verse 20, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. notice it doesn't say if trouble comes. It says when trouble comes. There's no if. It's when. Because we're going to face some challenges and trials. Because of the word, they quickly fall away. You know, if we had everybody... That had gotten saved in this church from the beginning, if everybody that had gotten saved in this church, whether here or on an outreach, were still in this church, we'd be moving into that building right down the street here, the metal one. You know what I'm talking about? We've seen a lot of people come in and, and go. We've seen a lot of people in altars. Been a lot of a lot of decisions made. What happened? The devil came. That those roots didn't find, find a place to grow. And, and, and it's always been the case that when, when things get tough, people are quick to abandon their faith. Well, I'll just go back to the world. Oh, my church friends, they don't care about me, but my friends out in the world, they, they would call me, they would care about me. That's a, that's a strategy of the devil to separate us from our faith. John in 6 verse 66 it says from this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him we're talking about people that that jesus worked with third this is the strangled heart in matthew 13 and 7 other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants you know there are certain plants and weeds that rob nutrients from other plants They steal the they they take what what is good and it causes a crop failure and Jesus calls it he actually calls it a worried soul. In Matthew thirteen, verse twenty two, as he explains the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word and the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. People that are so attached they, they're so attached to this world they, it, it robs them of their joy in in serving the lord they're worried about, they're worried about life, worried about the things of life and the cares of this world and you know genuine conversion in our life cannot happen if we're so attached to we've got one foot in the church and we've got one foot over here in the world we we, we we're still hanging on we still got these these relationships and we're consumed with with the pleasures of life let me tell you something life is a vapor the bible says it's fleeting it's a it's it's, it'll be gone it'll be over before we know it i look at my life and i think about you know turning 39 last week i mean it was just kidding 52 how fast those years have gone I remember meeting Pastor Mario for the first time. He's probably told you the exaggerated version. I'll tell you the real version. My stories, I, stay, I stick to the truth. He, he speaks evangelistically. But for sure, he hit me. When we first met, I don't know what he thought, but he almost didn't get to marry Deonza because of it. Had some sort of fish hook on a ring and, and, and hit me and, and cut me. And what kind of friend is that? But look at us. Here we are after all these years. How did I get over on that? I don't even know. A young woman received a proposal from her boyfriend. Darling, I want you to know that I love you more than anything else in the world. I want you to marry me. I'm not rich like Johnny Brown. I don't have a yacht or a Rolls Royce like Johnny Brown, but I do love you with all my heart. She thought for a moment and then replied, I love you with all my heart too, but tell me more about Johnny Brown. <laughs> oh, Isn't that how the world operates? Oh, I want to give my life to Jesus, but here comes the devil, like an, like an old girlfriend, and people that you didn't even, you hadn't, you'd forgotten about, start co- coming out of the woodwork, calling you and trying to, to get with you and get back with you. How many people have started out with such a strong passion? I've seen it many, many times over the years. They came to give their life to the Lord, man, they were so on fire for God. So God had really touched them, but it it seems as though things the world just began to pull on them and pull on them, pull them. Next thing you know, they they miss a service. Then they're missing two services, and then they're not answering the phone. They don't want to talk to somebody from church. You can't get a hold of them, and next thing you know, they've gone back to that old life. They forgot all about the things that the Lord has done in their life. And they don't understand the, the, the miracle that God wants to do in their life. Finally, there's the receptive heart. And Jesus saves the best for last here. He says in Matthew 13, 8, Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Thirty times. Hundreds, 160 or 30 times what was sown. You know, can you imagine what God wants to do out of your life? What God can do with your life? You, sometimes we look at people and we think, can God really work in them? And next thing you know, they're, they, they're bringing somebody in and inviting them to church. And then they're bringing, they, man. They got another friend. They're bringing somebody else, and it's called a chain of grace. One person reaches another person, next person reaches another person, and next thing you know, they're just they're just bringing one after another. I've seen people that have come in that have gotten saved, and they start winning their friends, and their friends start coming in, and then we lose the first person. They, I don't know what happened to them, but their friends say, "You know what? We, God changed us. I'm not leaving." And then they start bringing somebody in, and we've got people, I mean, I tell you, it it blows my mind how how people are connected and they reach one person. There are people that are in your sphere, in your world, Pastor Blake's never going to reach, he'll never meet them. He doesn't know them. They're in your world. And God saved you to save somebody else, to reach somebody else. You were reached so you could reach somebody else. There are people that are in your, in your job or on, in your family. You, you're praying for somebody. God sends somebody to, to preach to them so that they'll give their life to the Lord. You let me tell you something. You're the answer to your own prayer. It's you. He says in verse 23, as he explains, The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one. Who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. You know, spiritual growth in our life is the real mark of a true disciple. How do you measure that? Well, there are milestones we see our our little kids you know when they when they begin to grow we expect them to reach certain milestones they want to walk they're gonna they're gonna start feeding themselves etc cetera, etc cetera, right well you start to measure some of these things even in christian in a christian life that there are certain mi- milestones that we want to see people meet god's called all of us to be a witness you don't have to be saved for 20 years to be a soul winner and you don't have to be saved 10 years to have faith i've seen brand new converts who they got more faith and they got more conviction than some people that have been around for a hundred years they've got more they got more unction they got more faith listen you and and they've got more they, they do have more faith they'll they'll pray for somebody and they believe God if God said it that's all I need that's all that matters. Spiritual growth is a reality that every single one of us needs to see. There's, one, there's a book that I recommend, and I read it every single year, all right? It's called One Witness. It, it has two titles. You can go and look it up, and you want, if you want to pay to buy it, it'll cost you at least $160 for this little paperback, all right? So don't buy it. Look for the PDF. There is a PDF out there somewhere. It's called One Witness. It's one title is called One Witness, and the other title is called Aggie. All right? It's about a woman. Her, her name is Aggie Hurst. Her parents went to the Congo way back as missionaries. I'm talking when, they, when you had to go by boat, and they were Assembly of God. They, I don't even know if they were Assembly of God. They were some other kind of missionaries out of Sweden. They went into the interior of Congo, and she was born up on a mountain in Congo. Her parents were missionaries. They had another son, and the mother died shortly after she was born. The father of this young lady, her name was Svia Flood. They named her Svia Flood, and then they, she was renamed Aggie. But the... But the the father was so bitter because he'd lost his wife, and they hadn't seen any fruit except for one young man, a little boy, probably 10 years old, who gave his life to the Lord. He was just carrying their, their, their bags, and he was just helping carry their bags. The mother witnessed to that boy, and that boy got saved. And the amazing thing is as time went by, he, the, the father was bitter, went back to Sweden, became an alcoholic, and became very, very bitter against God. He was so bitter because he felt like his life was, was worthless. And like he'd, he'd, he'd done nothing. He'd lost his wife. He'd gone and given everything for, for Africa. And it was such a, such a loss. What he didn't realize was the seed that had been planted in that little boy would one day produce more fruit than, I mean, he, he started churches upon churches. It wasn't it a wasn't hundred people. It wasn't a thousand people. It was hundreds of thousands of people who were saved and born again out of this one 10-year-old boy who had given his life to the Lord. Do not underestimate what God can do in the power of a seed, what God can do in your life. You know, there are, there are people that are going to be touched in Africa. They're going to be touched in Costa Rica. They're going to be born again. You'll never see them. You'll never meet them until you get to heaven. But the seed that goes forward, let me tell you, there is power in the seed, and it all comes out of us being willing to mature and grow and put down roots and see fruit come out of our lives don't you want that in your life don't you want your? don't you want your life to matter when you stand before god that and, and you and you get to heaven there's there's a credit to your life that you that that god did something out of your life what a joy what a blessing that is and i can tell you god wants to use somebody here you may you may feel so insignificant you say, I don't, I'm not educated. I'm not, I, don't, I don't have talents. I don't have anything. What, what, what does God want to do out of my life? God, I'll take your life, and he'll produce something. He'll, he'll, he'll make something out of your life you can't even imagine. You can't even begin to understand how he wants to bless you, how he wants to use you, and he will transform somebody else's life as a result of your commitment. I want us to bow our heads in prayer across, all across this place. I pray that God challenges us, and I think every one of us can identify ourselves, find ourselves in this parable. We are one of these people, and I would trust that the word that is, that is sown this morning and is preached finds a soil that is not shallow, that is not hard, but a soil that is receptive. And we don't have the kind of heart that the world is going to come and, and challenge us or give us a sweeter offer and, and divert us. But we're able, to, we're able to take what God has spoken into our hearts and let it find a place to produce fruit in our lives. I want you to know the best is yet to come. God wants to touch you. I want to speak first to those, maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, I've heard that word and I thank God that I came. I need salvation. I need to know that Jesus is the Lord of my life. The seed is the gospel. The message is Jesus Christ went to the cross so that you could know forgiveness from sin. I want to ask how many in this place by lifting up your hand. You'd say, you know, Pastor, that's me. That's exactly where I'm at. I need salvation. I want Jesus to forgive me. I want him to come into my life. Would you remember me in prayer? How many would lift up your hands and you just put it up and put it back down and say, that's me. When you pray, count me in. Pray for me. How many? Slip it up. Just lift it up and put it back down. Maybe you're backslidden and you're away from God. And you say, I was, I was once walking in step with the lord but somewhere i lost my way and i need jesus i need to come back home to him how many quickly would raise it up and put it back down oh thank you jesus there are others here the holy spirit is challenging you maybe you've you you're in a you're in a in some sort of a holding pattern it's like you've you've just not grown you've been you're in this place where it's just coasting. I want you to know there is no coasting. We're either moving forward or we're moving backwards. You say, I don't see any fruit out of my life. I just feel like I'm existing. I want you to know God wants to, He wants to move you beyond the the the, the mediocrity of just coming to church and just going through religious motions. It's time for us to get busy. These are the last days. Time is short. There is, there's no time here and there's no place for mediocrity. It's time for us to take these things seriously and say, God, I want some fruit out of my life. God, I want you, would you, would you use me? Here I am, I'm available. I'll be used, Lord. I want us to just stand all across this place. I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts. I know there's a challenge. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to miss what God is doing in these last days. Say, how, how is God going to use me? You, you take a stand and be willing to witness and be willing to talk to some people around you. People will hear the gospel. People are receptive. You know, there's a lot of fear in the world. People are, people are afraid of what's going on. They're unsure. Some people they they just they just they're just lost. They're waiting on the gospel. They're waiting for somebody. Aren't you glad you're not waiting somewhere for the gospel to be brought to you? Here you have the truth. But somebody's waiting. You know what they're thinking? Does anybody care? Is anybody concerned? You know what David said? No man cares for my soul. What about you? Do you care for those that you go to school with, that you work with, or or does it ever cross your mind that the, that they could step out of the, out of this life into eternity? Think about it for a moment. You see these students that just went into eternity. That tire blew. Remember, you you saw it on the news. The tire blew. The car went across the road, and that. And they went into eternity just like that. They had no idea. The tire blew. The kids shouldn't have been driving the car anyways, but the tire blew. What about these six girls that were in Oklahoma that made a U-turn and were hit and instantly went into eternity? Time is short. We need to be right. And we also need to be so concerned about those people that are around us. What if they step into eternity without God? Can we be the ones that God can use to make a difference in their lives or or in this world? We may be small, but we're mighty because we're walking with God. We're going to find a place this morning. I I invite you to come as we sing just to come and find a place to pray, make an altar, maybe make some decisions about your life. I don't know what you might be carrying, what you might be going through, but let the Holy Spirit just touch your heart. As we sing, you just come and find a place. Let's do business with God.
0: Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.